Hi, welcome to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm your host, Tom Nielsen. Hey folks, have you celebrated a birthday recently? Well, I have, and it got me thinking. There's all sorts of ways that we as a human society mark the passage of time, especially when it comes to birthdays. Some choose to send funny cards from Hallmark or American Greetings. Others plan surprise parties, complete with cone-shaped party hats, confetti, streamers, balloons, and party horns. Generally, they're pretty happy and festive occasions. That is, when you're young. As you get older, all sorts of baggage gets heaped on top of the presents. Baggage that reminds you of how old you're getting, things you never got to do, people who are no longer in your life, and all the memories just get jumbled up and you're not sure whether you're coming or going. Like that old song that Groucho Marx once sung. Hello, I must be going. I cannot say I came to say I must be going. I'm glad I came, but just the same, I must be going. La la. Ah, yes, memories. Well, I have to tell you, I was just minding my own business the other day, and I came across this little quote that has to do with that very subject of memories. Do you remember that TV series on NBC a little while back? I think it just went off the air in 2022. It was called This Is Us. And it was a drama about the lives of two parents and their three children over the course of a number of years. Well, in one of the early episodes, I think it was the uh, second season, they got a major Hollywood movie star, Sylvester Stallone, to do a guest appearance as himself. And in this scene, one of the series regulars, a character named Kate, gets to meet Stallone on a movie set, where her brother, Kevin, happens to be co-starring with Stallone's character. Kate, of course, is a big fangirl, and tells Stallone how she and her father always watched all his movies, including Rambo and Rocky. And Stallone, as himself, replies very authentically, thanking her for that very nice compliment. Well, what follows is a very touching moment when Kevin and Stallone chat about that conversation with Kate. Kevin, you see, it turns out, as a grown man, is still processing a lot of unresolved feelings from his early years. And so Stallone, in a very honest and caring attempt to put things in perspective for Kevin, says this. It's a funny thing. You think about it, time. Your sister sings a couple of bars of Rocky and for a split second I can smell the ring again. And then she tells me that when you were little kids, she watched a lot of my movies, and I'm thinking for a moment about my kids when they were little, the messy hair and the matching pajamas and all that stuff. And I swear to you, I can see it all so very clearly. I could just reach out, touch it. In my experience, Kevin, there's no such a thing as a long time ago. There's only memories that mean something and the memories that don't. What struck me about this scene is, number one, how well played it was. Obviously, some writer came up with the words that Stallone spoke, but it was beautiful writing as well as masterful acting. But number two, it also brought a tear to my eye as I thought back on all the memories I carry with me, some of which I've been sharing with you all in this podcast series. But just like with those words that Stallone spoke, 
I too realize that there have been good memories and not so good ones. And that's what life is all about. So when I dove into my family photo album the other day, I discovered all sorts of scenes from birthdays of long ago. A picture from my second birthday, with everyone crowded around a little cake in my grandmother's kitchen. And then, a few pages later, another birthday. This time my fifth birthday, when my parents invited all my aunts, uncles, and cousins for a big blowout in our backyard in Linden, New Jersey. Yes, believe it or not, that's what the birthday song sounded like back in the 1950s. Now, that was done by a group called the Sandpipers out of Newark, New Jersey. But you know, the funny thing is, if you listen closely, I'd swear it was being sung by Groucho Marx in one of his more serious moments. But nah, that's just my grown-up imagination putting a weird spin on something from long, long ago. If we fast forward a decade, we find ourselves in the 1960s when the Beatles and the rest of the British invasion came on the scene. John Lennon and Paul McCartney wrote a song called Birthday, featured on their 1968 double album, which fast became the new anthem for birthday parties from that point onwards, competing with the old traditional one that still had a little bit of life left in it. One of the more unusual memories I happen to have surrounding birthdays is another experience from those childhood years when my older cousin Herbert was having a birthday party at his home in Bayonne, New Jersey. Now, since this happened so many years ago, you'll have to excuse me for the accuracy of this tale. <laughs> you see, the reason I even remember this story is because of a dream I had around the same time in which Herbie's birthday played a big role. But I have to confess, I'm no longer very sure which part was the dream and which part was reality. Well, anyway, you see, my parents had gone out and bought Herbie a birthday present. And I think it was a magic set. At least that's what it was in the dream. You know, one of those big, big boxes containing all sorts of parlor tricks and illusions with which you could stump your friends and amaze your audiences, young and old, children of all ages. Well, that was the present. And when we arrived at Herbie's party, all ready to give him this fantastic new initiation into the world of the supernatural, we discovered something rather mysterious happening at my aunt and uncle's house. In this dream I had, apparently, some of the magic from Herbie's gift had rubbed off on me. And so whenever I walked into a room in this small apartment of theirs, the lights mysteriously flickered and then went off. Every room I went into, the same thing happened. The living room, the dining room, the kitchen. I was beginning to get rather concerned. In this dream, whatever evil spirit it was that was possessing me just wouldn't quit. I couldn't shake this new power, no matter how hard I tried. Well, to make a long story short, the dream ended with me waking up in a cold sweat, and that was the end of that. 
Until years later, of course, when I ran into Cousin Herbie at some family event and finally shared that story with him. He gave me one long, strange look, and I thought to myself, oops, that was a mistake. I've now achieved a new status as his weird cousin Tom, the one with the supernatural dreams. Oh my. Well, at this point, gang, I still have one last story to share about birthdays. Or rather, birthday suits. The year was 1974. I was in college and working at the campus radio station. And one day we heard a rumor going around in English class that there was going to be something unusual happening down on the quad at noon. So when class let out, dozens of students from all over campus poured out onto the quad, waiting to see what was up. I'd never seen so many people in one place. They were all packed together like sardines on this big grassy area in front of the chapel. And then suddenly, we heard an uproar on one end of the quad. It was like a human wave with bodies parting to make way for something odd and unusual. Now, at ground level, obviously, we couldn't see that much, but I did notice some onlookers on the top of the nearby science building. So I decided to use my privileges as a newscaster for the campus radio station <laughs> and try to gain access to the roof of the science building. And once I was up there, it all became crystal clear. Syracuse University had become the latest institution to take part in a national fad that was then sweeping the country. Here comes Boogie Day, Boogie Day. There go. Boogie Day, Boogie Day. And he ain't wearing no clothes. Oh, yes, they call him the street. There's a handful of students who are totally stark naked, parading around in their birthday suits, streaking across the quad. And every time they ran through this teeming horde of humanity, a cry would go up, and the cheers would ring out, just about as loudly as the whooping and yelling at a touchdown during a football game in Old Archibald Stadium. And then at one point, some streakers got the bright idea of following the lead of us fourth-story onlookers, making their way up onto the same rooftop where we were, up on the top of the science building. This hardy band of exhibitionists then turned around, dropped their trousers, and treated the entire campus to a massive display of posterior pulchritude. <laughs> In other words, they mooned the quad in an event that will truly live on in history. Ooh. Now, I don't know what to tell you if you happen to be having a birthday today or sometime in the near future. If you're planning on jogging around the neighborhood in your birthday suit, well, good luck to you. Yeah. And if you're doing any magic tricks, you might want to have a flashlight hand. Uh-huh. But otherwise, go out and have a good time and make some good memories while you're at it. Ah. You've been listening to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm Tom Nielsen. See you next time. Hi, this is Tom Nielsen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're invited to hear more of our episodes at A Look Behind and Rewind. And feel free to share our link with friends, family, and others, as well as following us on buzzsprout.com Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts.